Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We're going to dive into episode 45 and pray our way through four different subjects, worship, Psalm 33, the second half of it, a personal prayer, and a prayer for our culture. As we open up this morning, we are going to focus on the characteristic of God that He is loving, right? Last week we had just, and that's a much harder one for us to deal with. This week we have loving, which we all love to talk about, that God loves us, that God is love. So that's where we're at today. Romans 5, which is actually the very first verse that I ever memorized. I can't remember how old I was. I was older. Uh, I had it on a hat. That's why I did it. It was on the back of a hat, and I was chaperoning a youth event in Washington, D.C., and I bought this hat, and it had Romans 5, 8 on the back of it, and I thought, I better know what that says. If somebody asks me what that says, I better know what it says. It says, but God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity today to come before you, to lift up our prayers, and to honor you. And Today we do that, that you are so, so, so full of love. You are love and you have acted in love towards us. And the best example that we have of that is that Jesus died for us, that he died for me, that for each one listening and joining in prayer today, you loved so much that you sent your son and that while we didn't care about that, he still chose to die for us. While we were enemies, you chose to die for me. I'm so grateful for today, and I honor you for the fact that your love is so great, that you, at your core, you are love. As we go on today in our prayer time, I ask that we would honor you with these prayers, that you would guide us, that, Spirit, you would direct this time, and that we would do and say and be people who honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, we are in Psalm 33 today, finishing that psalm up. It began with a call to worship and then was a series of praises to God. And then it ends, which is where we'll be today, with a plea to God to continue his relationship with his people. It has a phrase in the first half of it that indicates that it is a, a military song, a song of victory. It, the, it's a, the phrase was new song, sing a new song. And that was sort of... <laughs> Hebrew code word. For us, we can use it as a code word for a military setting. So it's a victory song. It's a strong statement about the sovereignty of God. I'm going to read, pray my way through this. This is Psalm 33, verses 13 through 22. The Lord looks down from heaven. He observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He forms the hearts of them all. He considers all their works. Lord, you see us. And not only do you look down from heaven and just see us, but you know us intimately because you formed our hearts. Every single one of us, you formed our hearts and consider our works. You look at us, observe us, and know us. The psalmist says, a king is not saved by a large army. A warrior will not be rescued by great strength. The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. But look, the Lord keeps his eyes on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from death and to keep them alive in famine. Father, you tell us right here that the things that we think will save us, the things that we rely on, like strength, a large army, and our stuff, a horse is a false hope for safety. Uh, we don't we can't rely on our own power. We can't rely on the power of things, the power of influence, the power of power. 
It provides no escape, but you keep your eye on those who fear you. Let me be one who fears you. Let me learn what the fear of the Lord is and let me walk in it. I want to depend on your faithful love to rescue me from death and keep me alive in famine. You don't simply rescue us, but you uphold us and take care of us. Psalmist says, we wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield for our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. I will wait for you, Father. Declare right now, I will wait for you. You are my help and shield. Not my ability to plan, not my ability to control my circumstances, not my comfort, not my money, not my friends, not my position, not my work. You are my help and my shield. My heart rejoices in you because I trust in your holy name. Let your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. For ourselves this week, we're praying for our desires. We have two verses today, and what we want to do is align our desires with God's. So we have Matthew 6, 21, which says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A familiar verse, probably. And Psalm 37, 4, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Let's pray. Father, our desires can be all over the place. Our desires are often ruled by our sinful nature. But I ask that you would help us bring them into alignment with your will, with your purpose for us, and with your person. You say that where our treasure is, our heart will be. And so I ask that you would work it out in our lives, that we would learn how to and begin to implement making you our treasure, that Jesus would be our treasure, and that that's where our heart is, and that our desires will follow. You say to take delight in the Lord and you will give us our heart's desires. If our delight is in you, our desires will be righteous. Our desires will be after the desires of your heart. And that's what I ask for us, that you would transform our desires into ones that look like you, into ones that honor you, into ones that reflect your heart in our world. Help us to learn how to take delight in you, as opposed to all of the other things that vie for our attention and our delight. But let us learn to take our delight in you, and then our desires will follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Last section today, we pray for our culture, and this week we're going to pray against entitlement in our own lives and in our culture. Now, entitlement is the belief that we inherently deserve privileges or special treatments or that we have the right to something. I deserve to have children, or I'm such a hard worker, I deserve to have a better job. I work so hard to provide for my family that I deserve to watch TV when I come home. I've been good with my finances. I deserve to buy what I want for a change. I've been dot, 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 so I deserve. Of course, the only thing that we really deserve is God's judgment. And therefore, we are not overstating matters when we say with John Piper, a sense of deservedness or entitlement will keep us from knowing Christ. So we have two verses today. Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, which says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, let's do it. Lord, you say that we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. None of us can do this life on our own and hold up to your holy standard. 
you say that the wages of that sin is death, that what we deserve, all of us, is death. That's not what we can get because you offer a free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So I'm asking for our culture, for our nation, that they would come to understand that the wages of sin is death and that there is a free gift of eternal life out there. Because we can walk around all day feeling like we're entitled to whatever it is, and this is not one generation's problem. We can walk around all day like we deserve something. We don't. Everything we have been given, you have given us and we don't deserve any of it. So instead of entitlement, I ask for you to wake in your people a huge, vast ocean of thanksgiving, of gratefulness, because we don't deserve anything that you give us. And we are so lucky that you do. So I pray for our culture that they would see and understand that the wages of sin is death and that they would accept your free gift. Pray that that would permeate our culture in a way that it never has before. And that starts with repentance. There is no other option. Our culture needs to repent because the wages of sin is death. And I pray for that to begin. I pray for it to begin in me. Pray that you would send a sense of repentance, a flood of repentance on your people, that we would see the ways that we are separated from you or see the ways that we fall short in our daily life. Sin doesn't rule over us, but we still sin. I pray that we would see that and repent. Pray that we would see you for who you are and that that would cause us to see ourselves for who we are. And as we do that, I pray that our culture would be transformed. I pray that you would bring a revival to this place that would transform the future of our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me. I do this twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would invite you to come back on Thursday. And if you are watching this broadcast and you know a friend who would enjoy praying with us, invite them to come with us. If you are a podcast listener, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who would enjoy prayer. My heart is that as we pray this scripture together, that we will grow in our prayer lives, that God will use this time to speak to you in your life, and he will use it to speak to me in mine. I know that he will answer these prayers in mighty ways, but most of all, I pray that you will fall deeper and deeper in love with the God who gave us these words that we pray. Amen. Amen.